This time on Matters. Fluance. Flute fails. Smooth jazzercise. <laughs> All of this and more on this exciting episode of Matters. His name is Matt. His name is Matt. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to Matters, where two guys named Matt talk about what matters to you. I am Matt Noss. With me at the table is my good friend, Matt Rose. How you doing, Matty? Uh, you, thank you. You're I'm good. Welcome. <laughs> it is good to see you, my friend. Yes, it's nice to see you, too. We have a special guest in the Matters studio. We have studio a very special guest today. You may know him from hosting the Go Comedy All-Star Showdown, a member of the Go Comedy Dragon Army, and them some, them some, and you may also, <laughs> sure, why not? I always order the them some. <laughs> it's, delicious. it's delicious. It's in those bamboo baskets. <laughs> and you may remember him from 150 episodes of this show. Podcast. Uh, he is not the producer today. He is our good friend, Eric Hankey. Oh, hey, guys. It is pronounced and spelled just how it sounds. <laughs> no, it's true. It's not. Yeah. No, Eric. Sure. How do you spell it? We've hey guys. missed you. We have oh, missed I you miss so you much. Too. Yeah. We had a Thanks for having me. This is Yeah. Thanks for inviting me and and reaching out. Well, was, we include you as a producer at all for eternity. Oh. Um, because you cannot be part of the show for as long as you have been and then not get mentioned. So do I get all a the cut? royalties all you get. them sweet matters <laughs> oh, cuts. Yeah. Yep, you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just got the bill from Squarespace today, baby. Yeah, I know. I got I got the emails. <laughs> <laughs> We're back up. We're renewed for another season. Whoop, right. Whoop. <laughs> yep. As oh. long as I can afford $200, <laughs> camera media never goes under. <laughs> I have a I have a site through uh, Squarespace as well that I just keep. It's just that annual around my, my birthday when back in 2000, I don't know, 10 or something like that, I was like, oh, I'm going to start doing a podcast and... and um, and I signed up for it. So that's when it's it's like license tabs that come up for me. Like, oh, shit, I got to renew my tabs. And fuck, Squarespace just automatically charged wherever the hell it is. Yeah, 250 bucks or whatever yeah. it is. Ugh. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to just host like a regular website. I, my, um, I, I have my DNS registry through Namecheap. And then the actual hosting is just done through GitHub because it's a code repo. So it's mm-hmm. like, huh, I'll just host my stuff there and then point it and done. Nice. Um, it's like fourteen dollars a year. <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot cheaper. Matt, you so. hang Gabber Media off of GitHub. <laughs> no, 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 they they won't. You're you're limited, I think, on a on a free account. To I don't know, Matt. How much if anybody make. could. Could make it work. I mean, I do have like I bet a you gig. Can make it I work. do have like a gig worth of stuff on there, but like, still, <laughs> here's here's where I land. Squarespace is still the easiest place yeah. to make a website for somebody who has no idea how to do it, mm-hmm. and although might have people who know how to do it, don't want to inconvenience those people. Right, 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 right. Like I could change the whole look and feel of it tonight in yeah. about an hour and a half. Yeah, which is. Pretty awesome, and yeah. and your audience could sit there and click refresh and watch you do it as you're doing it because there is no <laughs> staging. There's zero yeah, percent yeah. staging. Um, it's funny because we we are now doing Blueberry 
for uh, download tracking. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I kind of know what you're talking about. So it's ridiculous. Okay. So now every site, every podcast has a hidden podcast page where I upload the files to. Okay. And then I take that download link over to Blueberry, okay. put it in there and get their special tracking number to put in front of it. Okay. And then I go back to Squarespace and I put it on the live page <laughs> and that's how i i mean it's it's ridiculous but i actually have metrics now right, right, right. which is that's that's good though which is like a million times better and it's only like five dollars a month it's probably pretty quick for you now process wise of like oh yeah, yeah clickety click click you're done. exactly clickety click clickety yeah. click click <laughs> chinese chicken chickadee <laughs> uh, where that's been uh <laughs> i bought that album i had yeah, that we album. we both i listened saw to them that one like, track on that 92 yeah, I think right around there. 90, 92, and I think we we saw them uh, at State Theater and at Royal Oak Music Theater. Oh, no, no. That that album would be that 99, album was 2000. 90, that album no, was I'm, 98, I'm, but you, no, I'm, you're I'm saying talking, you saw them like... Yeah, well, I'm we saying that we them saw live. them in 92 and 93. Yes, we at, saw them a bunch. Yeah, at, uh, at State Theater and Royal Oak Music Theater. Yep, I saw them. Because you literally thought you were going to see boobies. Like that was kind of their deal, right? No, no, no. no that's no. why they named the band that, so that people would be like, or at least that's the, you know, the story. You do that's like naming your band Free Beer, right? <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies. You put it on the poster. People show up to see Bare Naked Ladies, and they go, oh shit, it's just a Canadian kind of funny, yeah, yeah, Canadian goof rock band. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it exactly it. But it's the best. what is that? Sideshow Mel or Sideshow Bob <laughs> playing bass? Uh, well, because I watched... Like they might be giants or something. I, I watched... Um, I didn't know that we were going to talk about Bare Naked Ladies. I fell into a Bare Naked Ladies hole late last year because at the Junos, they were celebrating 20 right, right, years right, 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 right. of, um, I think, that record of, uh-huh. of Clumsy. No, that's not Clumsy. I don't know. I had Stunt and Stunt. Gordon. Stunt is the album. It might have been Gordon, though, that they were celebrating... Either way, they were celebrating the Bare Naked Ladies, and Tyler had Tyler Page. It's Ed. Wasn't Steve one of them or something? Ed and Steve. Tyler, uh, Stephen Page, and Ed is the other guy. I just said stunt, so I don't don't know. Stephen Page. (laughs) There we go. Tyler Turden. (laughs) Right. Stephen Tyler. Stephen Tyler. (laughs) Stephen Page. Ed O'Brien. <laughs> Ed Robertson. Conan O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. <laughs> All the members of the big <laughs> Here they are. I heard the it on Bare Naked Ladies. Jeff McKeegan. <laughs> Duff McKagan. Axel Rose. Axel Rose. Nice. Slash. Izzy Stradlin. <laughs> Steven Tyler. <laughs> Stephen Page, Ed O'Brien, Ed Robertson, Steve Perry, Ed O'Neill, Ed O'Neill, <laughs> Sean O'Neill, Ed Asner, Jules Asner, <laughs> Jules Merriweather, <laughs> the um, uh, Andy Cregan, Lee Merriweather. Andy Cregan's actually a member of the Pernicus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then the drummer. 
That's all the members. But I fell into a pretty deep one because Stephen Page left the group kind of on baddish terms. Okay. Well, and wasn't it wasn't it due to drugs? Mainly cocaine. Okay. Yeah. Um, the group had been together for 20 plus years and they had this huge success with stunt and then they tried to follow it up and they weren't able, able to really ever capture the glory of stunt. And then Ed and the band kind of summarily kicked him out. So he was out of the band. So it was the first time that they performed together since that time. Mm-hmm. And it's wild because since he's left, They've put out like five albums. Right. Well, and they did the theme to uh, Big Bang Big Theory. Bang Theory. That's right. And then you find out that Ed O'Brien, Ed Robertson is a huge pinball nut. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, he's like a humongous pinball nut. Huh. huh. Like the kind that would be in a documentary about it or something? You like, are exactly. Yeah, it would okay. be him and um who else did we find? Ryan Adams. Is a besides being, uh, I guess, a, a piece of shit, real big piece of shit, right? Also loves pinball, right? Loves them pins, baby. I always have to, whenever I hear Ryan Adams, I have to go, not Brian Adams, the other one, right? Yeah, yeah, the dirty one with the yeah. long hair, <laughs> not the summer of 69. He's a piece of shit, yeah, yeah. The, Though, the, I mean, for all I know, Brian Adams is a piece of shit too, but the one who smells like a wharf but can, st- <laughs> but can still screw any woman he wants, <laughs> that guy. Not the summer of 69 guy. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing about Ryan Adams is he never got a chance to do that uh, sting. (laughs) (laughs) Rod Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. uh, I mean. It was with Rod Stewart, too. Yes. The Three Musketeers thing. One for love. <laughs> that is <laughs> not the lyrics. That doesn't make sense. One for all. But you it's know what else doesn't make one. sense is when you said Brian Adams and Sting. I just cut it off there. I was like, yeah, it was just Brian Adams and Sting. That doesn't make sense. Why would they do a Three Musketeers thing with a Two duet? Two guys, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> this one's for Alexander Dumas. <laughs> because it's all for love and one for all. <laughs> I think it's one for all and one er, and one for love. Yeah, something. (laughs) One for one for all and all for love and all for love. I don't know. I that song came out when I I was in ninth grade. Hated that song. Oh, that song was a piece of garbage. (laughs) That song was poison to my ears. That that song did not rock. Therefore, I did not (laughs) listen to it. Um, Ring ring. Does this song rock? (laughs) No, it does not. I fell into a bare naked lady's hole. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I rewatched like all of Can the- we I'm sorry, can we change the name of what you fell <laughs> into? Nope. nope. <laughs> so I fell into a hole filled I'm, with their laughing over here like a twelve year old. That joke that joke was for you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. My wife hated the hole that I fell into. <laughs> I'm not gonna okay. I'm I'm not gonna do this one in, in uh things you're into right now. <laughs> sorry. Um We've been watching. We've been watching. I'm into Archer. right now. I'm in a real big <laughs> bare naked ladies <laughs> hole. Have you? Have you guys watched Archer? Archer. Uh, I've I have, watched. I it have. In the past. I have actually never watched an episode of Archer. I know many things about Archer, like that. A million people have told me you don't watch Archer, but oh, and it always surprises people that I don't. And it's like I don't know how to take that. But like a few years ago, I binged probably through like uh, season four, and then I kind of fell off of it, and then I caught, I don't know, season, a couple episodes of season seven, whatever, and so um, 
I don't know, a few weeks ago, I decided, okay, like at season four, I'm going to pick up every episode. And Deanne was in the room and we started watching it and she's starting to get like super into it. And just, they have, they set up callbacks over seasons, you know, just all these, these just lengthy callbacks. Anyway, the thing in Archer, if there's anybody listening and they're like, yeah, phrasing fucker. But um, every time somebody does something that's essentially just that that's what she said or, you know, something like that, they would always just go phrasing. And um, there's one season where they break it. They're like, wait, are we not doing phrasing anymore? And then <laughs> that whole season is like, really, we should we should do phrasing. Like they would say that every time something would come up. So. I'm sorry, the the uh, the falling into a bare naked lady lady's hole. I can't believe I didn't just instinctively say phrasing, phrasing because phrasing. it's been so much on the brain. <laughs> but anyways, guys, check out Archer. It's so good. Well, I have heard from a million people, literally a million people I don't know come up to me and be like, I can't believe you don't watch Archer. And it's like, who the fuck are you? Do you watch Bob's Burgers, though? Yes. There act- there's actually one season where they started out where it's like, it's a Bob's Burgers scene. But it's it's him just with the mustache. It's Archer with the mustache, and everybody is it, the art style is of Archer. But it's but it's it Bob's is a Bob's clearly Burger. a Bob's. Did Burger. they have did they have like Kristen Shaw and the voices? Or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, all <gasps> of oh it. my god! And then like some I don't know assassins or KGB agents come in, and and he like instinctive as Bob, he ends up you know killing these guys who come in, and, and it's like some sort of a short term memory amnesia thing. And then it rolls back into it. But um, yeah, total Bob's Burgers reference. Oh the problem with that is when I was Archer first and then seeing Bob's Burgers and having that exact same voice, like it's as shot. a voice actor, he doesn't do anything else with no, the he fucking doesn't, voice. But so with the Arby's commercials, like literally, I mean first sandwiches. I'm not yeah. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm I'm relatively attracted to Archer, right? As is my <laughs> wife. And when you see H. John Benjamin on the on the yeah, Arby's commercials, he you're like, does not maintain Whoa. the illusion. No, no, he he ruins it for you. Have you heard his jazz record? <laughs> no. Okay. Drop it on me. So, uh, H. John Benjamin has a jazz record. The jazz record is called "Well, I Should Have Asterisk Ellipses Asterisk." Learned how to play piano. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> this is Deal with the Devil. Hello, the Devil's Office? Yes, uh, hi. How can I help you? Um, I'd like to sell my soul. Is that all? Yes. Hold, please. Hello, Soul Selling Division. Sorry. Oh, wait. Is this the same woman I just spoke to? No. We all sound like this in hell. <laughs> you are interested in selling your soul? Yes, I am. What state? New York. Zip code? One zero 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 three. I have an opening Thursday between 11 and 1. Oh, uh, yeah, that'll work. Meet at the Crossroads. All right, so here's some song. Crossroads is in Mississippi. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, thanks. Do I need to bring anything? Here we
mention the other title of the album, John Benjamin, Jazz Daredevil. <laughs> God, it is so truly one note, and it's best. That song was called "I Can't Play Piano Part One." God damn it! Oh, oh God, God, that is so great. Okay, one of the reasons I'm saying "God damn it" is I wanted to do a bit um, in in the All Star Showdowns, or it could have been no, it would have been in the All Star Showdowns. No, it would have been Pandemonium. Doesn't matter. Um, for our, for our musical, um, <laughs> when we do a show with Jeremy St. Martin, um, there's one slide when when we do shows with him where um, there's a slide full of musical improv games, and one of them is not a real one. So if if the people are playing, cho- it's in the Choose Your Doom round. If they choose that one, it's up to the host to just make up a game or just call some other game, whatever. And what I wanted to do was do one where, you know, oh, this game, uh, the way this one works is um, uh, Jeremy St. Martin, you take a break, and I get to fulfill my fantasy of (laughs) (laughs) accompanying accompanying, uh, a a musical improv scene. Um, I play a little piano myself and then get up there. And (laughs) no matter what, no matter what it is during the break of the scene, like, I don't know, somebody, you know, Jeremy dings the bell, whatever. (laughs) And then they would have to start playing. But the only thing I could play is Axel F. (laughs) For the whole... (laughs) That would be everything they have to sing is to the tune of... (laughs) Like two measures of Axel F. (laughs) Oh, Oh, God, that's so great. But I won't do it now. (laughs) <laughs> because that's too perfect. <laughs> How the hell have you been, my man? I'm I'm so good now. <laughs> uh, we miss great. you. That is not a joke. Yeah. <gasps> no, that's 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 no joke. Oh. We understand that uh we understand that life takes over. Well, I yeah. should do yeah, this yeah. every six months or so. We would <laughs> love to have you uh, whenever you whenever you want to come, there's always a microphone for yep. you. That yep. is so sweet. And actually, uh I listened to uh uh Mike McGettigan's uh, episode from last or at least yeah it was released last, last week, week. Yeah, right. um and all the the kind of inside baseball of of kind of podcasting yeah and not even like i enjoy like kind of big scale inside baseball of podcasting kind of stuff but literally the what you guys were talking about of no like when you're not you know on earwolf or you know whatever in, in trying to build the way you guys were talking about literally at this scale this level a podcast network is a bunch of people deciding to help each other out in mm-hmm. to you know it's really just pimp each other's stuff and and have a collective of support yeah. and uh anyways I, I it was so resonating with me and and it was really cool to to listen to that so anyways it's a great episode guys thank you Thanks. and mike that was great if you're li- he's not listening now because he's gonna edit something i'm sure <laughs> well when he t- you know i when Matt and I were talking to him about Switchboard Infinity, it is so much oh, work. Oh, I couldn't imagine. To write it, to record it. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt Matt and I were talking off mic about it, where the one that Matt was listening to, and I'll let Matt finish the story, they ran into some, some trouble, and Matt was like, I, I got to tap out. I can't. Mm-hmm. W- well, I mean... Yeah, the, the they kept missing deadlines. Yeah, where they were they were doing every other week, 
And the guy that was the writer and the producer, and I think did did a few of the background voices and stuff, mm-hmm. um, he would have to go on once in a while and be like, hey, we're a little behind. Uh-huh. Um, we're trying to catch up. And then at the end of that season, which was probably like... 14 episodes or so. Yeah. Um, it would be like, all right, we'll see you in six months for season two or whatever. And they were months late because I don't think that they are generating the revenue on Patreon or anything else to really pay any of the actors. Right. I, I, I think that that would all just go to hosting and like they got on like a, a radio network or whatever, you know, where I mean, not an actual radio network, mm-hmm. but like some podcast network that um, was hosted by Amazon and stuff. So, you know, people were able to get to it and whatever, but still they were <laughs> so late. And when I was working for the contractor, I could listen to whatever I wanted all day. I don't have to worry about anything getting blocked Mm -hmm. and I could go on social media and I could, I could, you know, post about stuff. And now I'm so locked down at work that I, you know, I, I can't really do all of that. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I, I, I tapped out of a lot of podcasts, um, is I just, can't at work i'm uh, you know i'm i'm super busy most of the time and when i'm not busy i'm you know i I don't want to download it on my own data (laughs) (laughs) i get that i get that that's the only time i've ever gone over is when i was downloading podcasts yeah oh and like i i forget that i turn uh, because like some podcasts i can get and some you know are a little dodgy uh on company wi-fi and (laughs) <laughs> which reminds Sometimes, me i gotta check to make sure that the data is off because i did have it on <laughs> um like i i have to remember to put wi-fi back on once i'm done with something because right otherwise It'll i will you. i will go over data and sometimes because i do work so close to the border I start getting told, hey, yes. you're getting Canadian data. And it's like, no. I am not. <laughs> and I can prove it and go eat a poop, you jerks. Yeah, I'll get that. I, I remember I would get that at like the Joe. Yep. Um, and it's like, no, that's, no, no. that's not true. No, no I, only, I only hit my data limit usually when I have a 17-year-old who's really into sports during March Madness. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Time to take away the phone. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we just we just got the... The little uh, friendly reminder of ten percent, I think, last week, and I think <laughs> the the planned cycles next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the thing where they throttle. Yeah, I got. I, I'm I'm throttled right now, I, because <laughs> I forgot to put data back on, and I was listening to Pandora like all day for a couple days, oh, and God. it was like, oh well, there goes my data. So <laughs> that will do it. Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna look at mine right now too. I just turned it off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, it was on. It was on. Um, so what's new in your world, man? We, we, so the last time that we <clears throat> talked, mm-hmm. um, on Mike at least, was your ceiling and your bathroom oh, scenario. Holy shit. God, I, That's yeah. literally the last time that we, we got an update from that you. Was a, that was a year ago. Yep. Wow. And that's the last time you were on the show. Wow. Holy um, smoke. 
Yeah, so about a year ago, uh, that all happened, and it's all actually there's a crack that's opened up, you know, probably from <gasps> settling and stuff. So the contractor, it, was, it like started happening in the winter, and he was like, "Let's just see what happens by the spring, then I'll know what to do with it," kind of mm-hmm. thing. He wasn't like bailing on it; it's just like, "Let's give it a full cycle." And then yeah, there's no reason to to put to a minor it. repair in just to have that minor repair have to come out. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking forward to repainting my ceiling, phrasing. No, it doesn't really work. It kind of does if you're Kid Rock, but... Um, bah, what's a bah? That would be his wife. No, the sheriff's wife. Anyway. Um, goo, so goo, yeah. goo, goo, goo. Uh, what's been going on? Um, well, actually, just to kind of tie it back to the, the podcast, like I was so uh, relating to what you guys were talking about last week, and even, even with this, of how hard it is. I think I the last time I talked to you, well, maybe not the last time, but recently I talked to you about um, a project that I was looking to do with somebody else. Yes. Um, and we've gone through, a, I mean, we've been talking about it for probably upwards, probably more than a year, um, doing a lot of legitimate pre-production. Like, I didn't want to start doing anything until we'd literally planned out a season of it because it was going to be a narrative thing. It mm-hmm. was going to take a lot of, maybe not a lot, of, a lot of atmospheric things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still is. So I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm trying to put it down on record. I'm still coming out with a new show um, with, uh, I'll even say it too, Mike Bobbitt. There, it's happening. Ooh. Mike Bobbitt and I are doing a thing, maybe with some other folks too. Love it. Um, we've recorded some things within the last year uh, with a handful of guests. Um, I don't want to talk about what specifically it's going to be about, but um, it is kind of narrative. A lot of uh, friends that we know um, that we'll have on as guests to do some fun bits with it. Um but it's we kind of we've traded some texts recently. He got married a few months ago. Yes, he did. Oh, cool. Um, I have you know had two boys and you know uh, family and and house stuff. Have been married and house stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, things just end up. Oh, and my I can't really get into it too much. But there's been some funky stuff at work going on. So that's uh-huh. just been mental instability and just not wanting to get into, you know, another, um, big project, project like that. Makes sense. When all the time, all the while, I guess since the last year, literally a year ago, um, a little more than a year ago, I, I decided I want to start hosting showdowns at Go Comedy. Mm. And I kind of identified that that was going to be, at least for me, in the amount of time that I can um, dedicate to improv and all that, like that'll be my my kind of bucket list thing of of like that'll be the the ultimate goal for me in Detroit. It's just being a host of the showdown and and feeling comfortable with it because <laughs> I'd done hosting of Pandemonia um, and had been doing that on and off for uh, a couple years, but usually that's. PJ and, and Doug Kobix. Um, but anyway, I want to do hosting of showdowns because I, I, I value, I mean, you know, it, it, the, the value of that show to go comedy, mm-hmm. not necessarily like if you, it's, it's like going to, to jazz artists and saying, 
you know, what do you think of the top 40? You know, they'll probably shit on it, but right. top 40 is, is... The top 40 for a reason. That's where the revenue is, and it's so important to that theater, and it was what I cut my teeth on in Detroit. I was just going, holy shit, there's real stuff here. Yeah, okay. And I've and said this before with you. Like, you were in my first show... Matt Noss, you were in my first showdown, and everybody in that first showdown for me has been, like, the the part of the Mount Pantheon. Rushmore. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, I just have so much reverence for that show. And when I finally got on to Resco and could play in the show, that was huge. But I, over the last few years, it's been like, I can't, I can't balance. Can't commit. Yeah. To, to, to grow as much as I want to as an improviser. Um, doing long form stuff, which I love, you know, like any jazz musician would love to be just playing jazz all the time. I can't necessarily do that that often. Um, so I feel like I've kind of atrophied with that. Right. But I sure as shit would love to play in a wedding band, you know. I get and, it. And that's kind of what totally the showdown has sense. been. And so, I would like to be one of the best in the wedding band. <laughs> so for people who don't know when the showdown is, or where it is, or yeah, what yeah. it okay, is, so I, or what I'm it sorry. is. Yeah. So, uh, Go Comedy Improv Theater in Ferndale, Michigan. Okay. Um, I so they just celebrated their ten year anniversary mm-hmm. last recently, uh, November. November. Yep. And I think in 2010, I saw my first showdown, um, and I've been on this very uh, gradual um, trajectory. <laughs> you know, it's not very steep. Um, <laughs> in my improv career since then, taking classes and what have you and doing some launch group stuff and all that. Um, but anyways, the All-Star Showdown is their Friday and Saturday night, like their premiere show. Like um, anybody in Detroit, like normies in Detroit who have seen improv in Detroit, um, if they've seen it, they've either, they either saw it in at Second City Detroit or they've seen it in an all-star showdown at Go Comedy on a Friday or Saturday night. Okay. And then you get the bug, and then you you start to oh, they do have other shows, and there's some cool shit that happens, and maybe you check out the Improv Festival or, you know, whatever, but I or think... You, or on the same page, you would be at the Ant on a Monday. Right. And you're oh, like, absolutely. holy shit, what is this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, for me, it's been... Um, I've been, str- like, literally struggling confidence and mentally wise, you know, like over the last couple of years of, I've been doing this on paper for such a long time. I should be so much better at all of it. I have my moments, don't get me wrong, but, um, I know that I can host. And if I dedicated myself to hosting more, I could really get comfortable with that. And not everybody does that. So anyways, that was a goal that I'd set up a year ago. And a lot of people who end up hosting, I, I feel like they go, I think I want to start hosting. And in two months, they start hosting. Or in, you know, literally in three weeks, they start hosting because once somebody goes, somebody knows that somebody else wants to host, they're like, oh, yeah, hey, can you fill in? Like, no, I'm not ready. <laughs> At least yeah. that's what I do. You know, I can't do it. Because um, I don't want to do my first show until there's a chance that I might actually really crush it. So it took me a year to feel comfortable in doing that. Because for hosting a showdown, it's the one improv show that I know of at Go Comedy that for the host, there is a shit ton of 
the host, scripted stuff. The host <laughs> that nobody's written down truly does run the show. Yeah, like the per- it is a thankless job of setting up the audience for fun and the performers for success. Yeah, absolutely, and getting out of the way. And yes. And yeah. remembering that it's not about you at all. Yeah. Well, and that's a hard balance to strike, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I hosted for probably two years plus. And, you were amazing. Uh, well, I was a train wreck of a host, <laughs> meaning like if you saw, you both know me and you've both known me for years. If I get going in my verbiage... <laughs> I will, number one, misspeak immediately. I will mispronounce a word instantly. And then I won't be able to stop. Like the train <laughs> is fully off the tracks. And I've I've been very lucky that I have this, you know, I have the pedigree of all the time on stage that I had that I was able to win audiences over that it wasn't I didn't make them nervous like this guy's losing his mind. Right. It was like you were throwing gifts at yourself. <laughs> exactly. It was like this guy's losing his mind and I'm reaping all the benefits. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it it is a very difficult job. Like doing the showdown is a million times easier than hosting the showdown. In my book, I I probably I do. I I agree. Um, I say that in like I go to in my head. I go to like for me, what gets in my head. Uh, I don't care. Like Doug Kobix, he he started playing at least to my knowledge. He started playing and getting so good so fast. Now again, I know he. I think he had experience before I saw him. He had acting experience started, right. before him. But he just he just jumps into shit and. And within a couple of weeks, you're like, oh, he's doing that now. All right, cool. He's amazing at that now. Okay, cool. Oh, now he's hosting showdowns. Great. And he doesn't even, I, my perception is he's like, oh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll just figure it out. And then he goes out there and, and his persona is, oh, I'm just figuring it out. And he does. And he's totally cool and calm and collected about it. That's not me. That's not me. It's like, I have to be so comfortable in it. I I want to feel like I've already had 10,000 hours doing this. Well, let me ask Matt this question, and he's kind of answered it before, but like when we did the live shows, you had some, not anxiety about it, but you definitely had a couple moments of pause. Like I drank before. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, no, absolutely. But by the time I had done the third show, I wasn't really that nervous about it. Um, the thing that I was most nervous about on the third show was the fact that for the first time I had somebody that was going to be in the audience. Mm. Um, so I was I was worried that I was going to bomb. But then you were like, Matt, we have to reenact a scene <laughs> from No Holds Barred. And I was like, hey, hold on. Get out of the way. I've got this. <laughs> oh, um, did I unleash the dragon? <laughs> 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 uh, that, apparently that's how a dragon sounds. But uh, no, the the when we were going to do um, the circus. Yeah. I, which was the first the episode. first episode that we did for transmissions live at Go Comedy. Okay. Okay. Um, season three, episode one. <laughs> uh, I was very nervous. 
Because for one, the only ever other times that I had been on stage at Go Comedy was when I was performing with Matt on a thing where it was like, <laughs> hey, I need a member of the audience. I'll be in there. Right, right. And then I would go and I'd like, hey, we need five people to put on dumb costumes. And I'd be like, I can put on a dumb costume. <laughs> yep, I can do it. And then I did it. And it was like, all right. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> it was like, all right, that is the perfect time for Matt to be on stage. Right. And then off of stage. Um, but... Yeah, no, uh, it was it was very stressful for me because I was worried that I none of my jokes were going to work um, and that just, I mean, it, well, that's primarily it. None of my jokes were going to work and I was going to sweat through my shirt and uh, just be a total fool. And then, like, I think probably a quarter of the way through, I was like, this is kind of fun. Yeah. And then, like, at the three-quarter mark, I was like, let's do this. That's all. <laughs> and then it was over. Hit and record it, now. And then it was over. Yeah. Hit record now. <laughs> like, Matt, you can you can tell when I'm comfortable in that episode. When Jen says something, and I immediately go, so in walks Henry Winkler's deadbeat brother. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where you can tell in that episode, oh, all right, he's comfortable. Right. He's going to make a joke. That like he didn't have written down. He just goes for it. That's beautiful. Um, but yeah, no, I was I was really nervous the first time, and the second time I had almost no time to prepare because it was like, hey, can you do Saturday uh, or a uh, Sunday? It was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. It was, and it was slow like, day. oh, uh, 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 yeah, I, 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 I can, I can do that. I can do that. Like where I didn't have time, uh, a to prepare with my notes, and b just like mentally. Like, I like with the with with the circuits, I had like weeks to mentally get myself there, and then you were like, "Hey, so you're gonna do Sunday, right?" And I was like, "What's Sunday?" <laughs> like, uh, we have a live show. Uh, we, it'll be we fine. What? We what? We have a live show. We'll be fine. So how did how did you find that? Did, like for me, um, when I know I'm like, I've hosted Pandemonia a lot more than I've only done one night of showdowns so far, but uh, for Pandemonia, when I know I'm scheduled next month for this state and this state, you know, it's always in the back of my mind. And then the week of, I'm like, Oh, I really got to go over my notes and stuff. And then, and then, then I'm just stressing out the whole time or like the, the week leading up to the showdowns. I'm like, all right, I got all week till Saturday mm-hmm. every night. I'm going to, I'm going to do some stuff and I'm going to look, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then it, it's kind of coming down to the wire. I'm like, okay, Friday night, I'm not doing anything. I'm just, doing, and then I, PJ was six. Like, Hey, can you, can you host pandemonium tonight? I'm like, Oh, son of a bitch. And then, then I could just get into it, not have to have suffered through all of that anticipation of that pandemonia mm-hmm. and just gotten out. There. Did you find going into that live show without having the ramp up to, to sweat about it any better? No, I was more nervous. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, um, the, the last one that we did, uh, Basham alone. Yeah. I was actually excited for that show. Yeah. And I was, I was so sad that Jen couldn't be there for our last I know, show. It was our last episode of Tales. Tales from the dark side. And we did it live and she got sick. Yeah. She got oh. sick and she couldn't make it. And like, she got had a concussion. concussion. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. She had the concussion, and she just wasn't feeling up to it. Holy and, shit! Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I would have loved for her to have been there, but you know, concussions, Trump, serious, yeah. are a serious thing. So 
we totally Trump. understood. So when, <laughs> so now you're now you're doing it. You're you're doing the well. Old... I did it. I did it uh, two two weekends ago. Um, you did your first one. Yeah, and well, <laughs> so dumb. Um, so much inside baseball and fucking showdowns. But um, the big the big anxiety for me was the intro. The reason being is I can I can hide little notes to myself in the podium if I need to. Like in Pandemonia, I have a whole running order. Mm-hmm. I even have little cards for every game if I got to do it. I make them up so that I can mentally rehearse them before I go in. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, now it's just like a security blanket that I have on the podium, but I don't use. For the showdown, it's like, okay, you step out from the curtain. You have to do this five-minute intro, mm-hmm. and there's there's some comedy in it. There's some specific bits you have to hit, some beats you have to hit, and literally facilitate setting up the show. And and I can't have any notes on me when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And then you're, so, you're making me run through my run through <laughs> of it because eventually you kind of memorize it. And it's like eventually it's muscle memory. I know it's just I want to make it look like the first time I got the muscle. I memory, never you know made I mean? it look like the first time. I <laughs> always was like a shambling mess out there. Like, <laughs> welcome to the glorious downtown Ferndale. How's everybody doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, if you are who've seen improv before, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up. Um, I kind of. That Saturday afternoon, man, I I ended up running, like literally stood in my office and just ran through that five minute or so intro just over and over for about an hour and a half to where, okay, I fucking got it. And I did. I fucking got it. And my biggest thing was just, you know, setting up the stage manager, you know, the interaction with, uh, it was Tia. Uh, That was her, it wasn't her first time, but she's only done a handful of Yeah, this is like her sixth or seventh. And she was, she was fantastic. Um, but it was like for me, I was like, oh God, you know, would I have going into it, I was thinking, well, I'll have Pete up there. So at least that'll be a security blanket for me. Oh, no. Okay. It's someone else who's in my boat. But conversely, it kind of felt good to have like we both had each other's backs. This is ours now. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was afraid that if I did have Pete or Doug up in, up in the booth, the natural tendency throughout the show is for them to fuck with the host. And it's like, please don't fuck with me. And Tia wasn't going to fuck with me. And, right. And she was literally gonna... before the show, I was like, please don't fuck with me. <laughs> like, oh, don't fuck with me. And, and you know, it, was, <laughs> it was good. But anyway, so um, some of the beat, you, you have to buy a ticket for the show, but some of the beats is you introduce um, the, the Richard Myron's audio appreciate, audio metric appreciation, appreciation apparatus, apparatus, which Applause there is a bit for yeah. short. Exactly. So you go through that whole bit, you calibrate it with the audience. Mm-hmm. I came up with a little bit. Um, I don't know if I had heard it from somebody else or not on the red thing. Maybe it came. I don't know. I won't say what it was, but I go through the whole thing. It crushed both at the eight and the 10 o'clock. Anyways, the eight o'clock is my very first one. I had Deanne in the audience. I had both my sons in the audience. Uh, Lisa Jacobs was in the audience too. Um, and Pete and PJ were in the cast. So that was great. Um, as well as, let's see, we had Tess, she was great. Catherine, she was great. Um, uh, Carrie Sue was great. Is that sick? No, there was one more. There's one more. Oh, uh, Andy Reid. So, like, I had a fucking oh, yeah. murderer's row. Yeah, yeah. The show cast. was going to be great. I just had to get, get out of the way. So, anyway, I do, we calibrate the applause meter. Um, we go into uh, challenge in a minute. 
I have to facilitate this. Now, this is my first show that, oh, I got to wrangle slips now while challenging, challenging the minutes going on. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yep, I'm, I'm granting uh, people the floor, facilitating all that, get to the end. Okay, I got to remember to give points, give points. Okay, our next game, totally skip. Now, here's the thing, you know, eagle-eyed uh, audience members will notice that you set up all this time setting up this applause meter and... You're supposed to use it in the first game. <laughs> You're supposed to use it in the first game, and, and in many games, or I'm sorry, in many shows, you never see it again, right? <laughs> so it only really gets you, depending on the running order Usually of what you do. Usually once uh, a, a round. The, the ones that I watched, like the ones that I had on YouTube from uh, Bob Wick, uh, where I kind of broke down film and and was like kind of mapping out these various running orders. If you're a it was great only, host, yeah, okay, you use it once. Anyway, I totally forgot round. it and I I skipped it in the eight o'clock and I didn't have it set up in my running order to use it again in the show. So whatever, fine. Get to. Uh, the the break between the shows, I go out to Deanne. She's like, "Oh my god, it was amazing!" You know, and it really it did it went really well. Um, not just the cast, I I did pretty well. You know, I felt I felt good about it. There were there were problems and stuff, but I knew what I did and fine. And I could I felt like I had prepared as much as I could, even though there were problems. It was like at least I tried as best as I could to prepare. Anyways, Deanne goes, "Hey, you didn't do the." You didn't go back to Richard Myers. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Oh, cool. Anyways, go to the 10 o'clock. I do it. I go, go through the whole thing. Go through Challenger Minute. I fucking skipped it again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> son of a bitch. So yeah. it's it's funny that you that you talked about like how much you prepared for that five minute thing. Yeah. Because with transmissions, when we would watch a 22 minute episode of TV, right? I would usually take in the notebook one maybe one and a half pages of notes <laughs> for the circus i took four pages of legal sheets right of paper notes where it was like write everything every single Just joke you case. can think of yep and it, you know like i was <laughs> i had to get different colored pens to go over like names plot points jokes <laughs> what does this person look like like i Matt, I went I feel nuts. Meanwhile, I watched it in the audience for the first time <laughs> that night. Well, yeah, you know, you're used to this. <sighs> well, no, it's just totally different. Matt's not. I need Matt comfortable. Right, right, right. Because that's the only place that Jen, Matt, and I are going to do good work. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like if Matt's not comfortable, then I'm not going to get Matt. And I want yeah, Matt. Totally, totally. You know, so like for Matt to do that preparedness is, and he was on it. Like that is I one took of the our, day off. Like this was when I was a contractor and I took the day off of work. I did not get paid for that day, but I really wanted to be prepared because. God damn it. I am while, with you. Yep. While I was nervous, I was also super excited for that show. Yeah. That's the best, and it's a great it's show. Like it's, I it's that one of is our best that is that is one of my favorite episodes. And it's a railway from, from rats. rats. <laughs> and that, that's just what I was gonna say. Is Matt makes this joke, and like you hear a couple people laugh. It is my favorite joke in the entire episode. Is Matt goes, I'm just saying the railroads are railroad for rats. <laughs> Because I really wanted to stick it to Ferndale, their rat problem. Uh, 
Oh, oh God, no. man, railway that, for rats. Just like I'll be, I'll be at my job, sitting there. I've been writing code for four <laughs> hours straight, and then just it's a railway for rats, and I start laughing, and I have to get up, and I have to leave. Yep. Uh, you did the show. When are you doing it again? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I submitted my my uh, availability. availability for next month, but uh, we're heading out for uh, spring break. Alex's kind of big senior spring break is uh, starts next week, and oh, uh, wow. oh, this is a fun one. So what, it was going to be. He wanted it? to do. He was like, "Hey, can can I do Disney with friends?" I was like, eh, maybe, yeah, maybe. And then it was like, "No, it's it's gonna just work out where you can go, you can take a friend, but we're gonna go to and whatever, eh, whatever." Um, and then some budget things ended up as like, "Ah, eh, we're we're not gonna do that." Um, and then, or we were kicking around, kind of not doing the Florida thing, and we're trying to figure out what else to do. Well, Alex came to us, and for audience members that haven't been caught up, Alex is my oldest. He's senior in high school. Uh, he is everything about sports. He's not like the most gifted athlete. Um, he is from my gene pool, so you know what are you going to do? But he is just a a very sports machine, a very knowledgeable he is about a, sports a, a and sports yeah. savants. Um, yes. So anyway, he had proposed that we do a road trip, um, and this is what's going to happen. We're going to drive the first night. We're going to drive to Cleveland. We're going to stay in Cleveland, but um, we're going to the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Oh. That has a, a sister thing with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so we'll hit that. They cool. haven't been there since he was like eight, so we're going to do that too. And then we're going to drive through to New York City. Uh, and actually check off um, one of our last uh, Major League Baseball stadiums and see the Tigers play the Yankees <gasps> at Yankee Stadium. Oh, wow. Oh, the, the new or the old? Uh, well, it's the new, yeah. Okay. So, and that'll be our first time. Yeah. There. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, and then we head up, I think next we head up to, I might have the order wrong, but then we go to Springfield, Massachusetts, where, uh, I'm sorry, I think we go to, to Cooperstown first, then we go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, then mm-hmm. we go to Springfield, Massachusetts for the Basketball Hall of Fame, and then we're driving through Niagara up to Toronto to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. And then going home. That's so that is cool. That's, that's like, that is Alex Hankey's senior spring break trip. You know what I mean? Like, Very cool. That's mine. Oh, that's man. That's his bucket list at 18. Oh, know? yeah. My, my, Oh, I remember My, yours. Oh, yeah. We both had some of the worst senior spring breaks <laughs> of all imagine. time. I I had booked my spring break, and then <laughs> I got I I booked it like months and months and months. I think nine months ahead of time, and then I realized maybe three or four months after I booked it, I didn't want to go. But I had already spent the money, and then like I had I had made a friend that, and it wasn't Matt; it was it was a girl. Um, I I met my friend Laura, and then it was like, oh man, I'd much rather to spend that week with her and Matt. But I spent hundreds of dollars on on this, so I'm gonna go. Was it Myrtle Beach? It was Myrtle Beach. And I mean, at least it, thank God I had Christy Deeds with me because she kept me sane the whole time because 
the I knew two of the other people. The rest of the people I didn't know. And I, dude, I spent a lot of time walking on the beach yeah. in that trip and reading Nightmares and Dreamscapes by Stephen King. And I actually went and I bought and <laughs> I went and I bought a um a thing of sleeping pills because I couldn't sleep with everyone being so loud. So I would take like two sleeping pills before bed. So and I would oh my god, this Not was so fucking plugs. pathetic. Nope. <laughs> well, no, because the earpugs wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. Um then you just hear yourself breathing. I, yep. Uh and and then yeah, your heartbeat. Yep. Um, I I would take a couple sleeping pills and I would start reading, and then that puts me to sleep. So, like, if I if I really have to fall asleep now, I just take two trazodone and, and and do that. But, um, I that's what I was doing the whole trip for a week. Ugh. And then we drove back, and as soon as I got back, I like ran to the phone, and I think I called you, and I called Laura, and Laura was like. Hey, I have to play at the DSO tonight. Do you want to come with me? And it was like, yes, I do. Oh wow! Yeah, so like, bam, and it was just me thinking, like, fuck, man, what was I thinking going to Myrtle Beach? What that was the dumbest thing. Why did you agree to do this, you fool? <laughs> well, uh, why don't you ask me about my own? Hey, Matt, what was yours like? Yeah, if you thought Corrine Noss was going to let little Maddie Noss out of her sight uh, into the wilds of Myrtle Beach, <laughs> into the Beach, meat grinder, you that are is, wrong. That is Myrtle Beach. You're dead wrong, right? Because this is a woman that's worked the emergency room for <laughs> twenty plus for years. Twenty yeah. plus years, so she's seen every dumb kid stunt right. and what it wrought. <laughs> yeah. So there was no way. So you know where Maddie was? Where did Maddie go? He Home. was working at Pizza, Pizza Hut, Hut the oh. week that Stuffed Crust uh. Pizza launched <laughs> when oh, it seemed shit. that everybody in Shelby Township wanted to give it a try. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where in Michigan, you're introducing something that doesn't have cheese that now has cheese. <laughs> hey, guess what? <laughs> exactly. That it was real crazy. popular. And uh, I, I, I was in love with a girl that... Uh, I was just in love with the idea of this girl, and we were trying. I was she was my date to prom. And oh, okay. All it right. was a real mess, and like she just was kind of like standing me up, and it, it was just real. Like you know what? Why don't we don't we shouldn't go to prom together? That'd be stupid. Like now I would be like, I don't, you know I don't think you're I don't think this is gonna work out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna do but, something else. But you wanted it to work out. Oh, desperately. Yeah, yeah. desperately. So was she around for that spring break? Or well, not? I was trying to see her during that spring break. She's just blowing you off. Oh yeah, just left. So right non-committal. She just went to Myrtle Beach. Or no, 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 no. And she went to the Myrtle Beach of her mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more matters after this.
<laughs> Welcome back to Matters. I would not doubt for a second that he was having fun doing Absolutely. Oh, I just, I, I think love there's a making of where he hadn't told the jazz musicians <laughs> that he couldn't play. play. God damn it. So I don't know if it was oh, staged or not, but he was matter. like, he was like, no matter what, don't stop playing. <laughs> that was a good H. John Benjamin, by the way. Oh, what are you into this week, Eric? Oh, my God. What am I into? Um, <sighs> what I think I'm going to be into, it just dropped Mystique today, I think, uh, is Nate Bargatze's, uh stand-up on, on Netflix. Uh, the reason I say that is, I want to say a year, year and a half ago, like two weeks in a row, I went and I saw shows at the Comedy Castle in Royal Oak, Mark Ridley's, Ridley's. Comedy Castle, mm-hmm. kind of a a big club in all of... Uh, it's Michigan's club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yet the other side of that, you know, the backhand of that compliment is, you know, that's where Tim, Tim Allen, Allen's from. And, uh, I mean, and he wants to be able to say the N-word at will, so... Right. <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, I was thinking about that today. Like, I I live I live in walking distance of Mark yeah, Ridley's. You do. And when I moved to that house, I was like, "This is going to be amazing." And I saw, um, I think right after we got pregnant with with Alex, we saw um, Lewis Black kind of before he he broke huge. Oh wow! Like he he was doing segments on The Daily Show, but he still it was like. You didn't really know who the hell he was. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I like this guy. Um, and then I saw he was at the Comedy Castle. I was like, holy shit. Um, so I saw, we've seen um, Lewis Black there like in 2001. Mm. And then um, I'm trying to think of not that not that many cents. But anyways, like a year or two ago, saw within two weeks, Gary Gullman, Awesome. No way. Right. And then uh, Nate Bargetsy. And, and I was thinking about Nate Bargetsy. Like, he is not... Like, Gary Goleman's getting a lot of heat right now. I say right now, he was he was on that first season of um, the uh, yes. NBC... Last man, last comic standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I remember seeing him for the first time. And then he was on a lot of podcast stuff that I followed. He was on Two Dope Queens. He was really funny on Two Dope Queens. He's, he's he very funny. He was just on Good One. Writer. He was just on Good One, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. dissecting the uh, Trader Joe's joke, which he, is great. It's twenty five minute. It's a twenty five minute long joke because it's a holy story. Crap. And I was going to say if if there's any listeners to Matters who are comedy nerds, they probably already know this. But if you're just becoming a comedy nerd, um, Gary Goldman right now every day of 2019 Twitter. is doing a tweet about essentially writing for comedy and just like little nuggets every day he does one. And it's all fantastic. Like a lot of it applies to not just writing comedy, um, just like kind of motivation-y kind of stuff. But uh, he's one of those guys who's been in it. He's forty-nine. He's been in it forever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but anyway, so we saw him. Just amazing. It was one of those like I went home and just tweeted, "Oh my god, saw Gary Goldman tonight," and you know, it just blew my fucking mind. And then like it wasn't like I got a like from him. It was just like, "Oh man, thanks so much, Eric." Fuck you, Gary Goldman, replying to my <laughs> goddamn Twitter. That that was amazing. Anyway, uh, and I saw Nate Bargetsy, and I like I was thinking today about like Nate Bargetsy isn't necessarily a household name right now, but like 
I feel like he's at the same place I was when, like, I took to social media like a week before uh, John Mulaney uh, came out with his sitcom. And I was like, people, I just want this on record for my time hop in a year when uh, John Mulaney blows up from the sitcom because he's about to blow the fuck up and the sitcom crash and burn. But it wasn't the sitcom that made him <laughs> right. blow up. And then it, it, it begat, like, you oh, know, hello. the comeback, comeback kid. Oh, hello. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, literally, The Comeback Kid was about having a failed sitcom, and then, like, here, he's The Comeback Kid. Oh, hello. He's, you know, he was an amazing writer at SNL. SNL. He did the Stefan bits and all that. Anyway, he has blown up so much since then, um, regardless of of his sitcom, that I was like... Nobody remembers the sitcom, really. Well, I I just want to say... I just remember... Not watching it. That's Nate Bargetsy is going to be uh, John Mulaney level massive. Really? So Netflix special is called The Tennessee Kid. Here's the trailer. Yeah. I tried to, uh, I'm always like trying to lose weight. I had a thing that happened that I do. It was like, I got to get it together. I go to the trunk of my car and I'm st- I take my shirt off, standing there, no shirt. And this old man walks up and goes, Olivia? <laughs> And it turned, I was like, I'm sorry, what's the, what's the, what's the say? I'm, I'm sorry. And he was like, oh, sorry, honest mistake. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> he was looking for his elderly wife and saw me with no shirt on and thought that could be Olivia at a car that he does not recognize. <laughs> I don't know who he disrespected more, me or Olivia, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> we could both have a word with him. Telling you guys, I like that delivery. It's very He's, cool. Yeah, he and like sitting behind what is on the surface extremely laid back and extremely nonchalant. It is so well crafted, and then the the writing itself is. I don't even think that was a good. It was a good example, but his his writing is next level. Maybe not next level, and that that's hyperbole. But his writing is extremely smart. Uh, contrasted against his delivery, his performance, which is just kind of like just slinging at you, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of lobbing it at you, and then you, then it hits you. It's like, oh my god, that was that was amazing. So I got that, and f- from earlier when I don't know if we were even recording when we were uh, talking about Soundgarden and all that yeah. stuff. Um, we had tripped over a couple months ago. This. Apparently, it was a series. I want to say it was produced in maybe the late '90s, um, but it's. I, I believe the whole series is on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's these little maybe one-hour documentaries called classic albums. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I had watched uh, the the Nirvana one, and yep, I've watched that one. I saw the the HBO. I don't even know if I finished the HBO documentary. Uh, some kind of monster, or whatever it was. The Dave Grohl thing? No, the the Nirvana one. Um, yeah, would, the Nirvana documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And anyway, I didn't get it, it. Was neat, but I didn't get through it. But what the the treatment that they did in the classic albums for Nirvana was great. Um, we also watched one on uh, no uh, face value. Uh, Phil Collins' face value. Um, 
and oh, Goodbye Yellowbrook Road, and uh, that series itself, the treatment that they do, the documentary style that they do for it, it's nice kind of bite-sized chunks, but man, they, they get into it. Um, so anyways, I, I really recommend, if you have a favorite album that's kind of classic, at least as of the late 90s, um, check that out, because they do real cool treatment of it. Cool. That's what I got. Maddie? No, no, you oh, go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, well, I've got a couple things. Um, I think I have finally found the turntable I'm going to pull the trigger on. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Um, dear Lord, what a thing. Um, <laughs> to I don't know if you've looked for a turntable in the last year, <laughs> but uh, everybody seems to have an opinion on them. And <laughs> YouTube is just awash in people's opinions and you know, it's like this is the best one. This is the best one. Shut up! You're stupid. You're dumb. Do you? And then it just goes racist within like two comments. <laughs> Do you have ears? Um. But I found a company called Fluence. Okay. Uh, they're Canadian, and the 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 deck is assembled in China. I looked at the U-turn, which is actually made in the U.S., and they don't have anti-skating. They say that they take care of it. There's no. I don't know what a U-turn is. I don't know what anti-skating means. I'm just gonna keep shaking my head. I'm just what surprised that something mean? made in Canada is anti-skating. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt Rose. Bam. Matt Rose for the win. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I found it. Unfortunately, the one that I want is like not in stock, so I just have to wait. All right. But Play it gives me game, enough. Maddie. What's that? Play the waiting game. But, of course, that gives me time to have other people try to influence my buying decision. <laughs> because uh, I will need a preamp. Um, so, record players in the old days were either part of the hi-fi system itself. Right. So, that's what I grew up with. Yep. Where it was like the radio, the tape player, and the record player were yep. all one unit. Just like the mm-hmm. living room and family guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, there it is. And everything was fully automatic. <laughs> so I, you know, I do the little kid chunk, kid chunk, and then uh, we stack records on top of each other. Yeah. So just an audiophile nightmare. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they don't really make record players like that anymore. Uh, uh, the other thing is like the old tuners that you used to have, like um, your old Pioneer receivers and things like that. If it had a phono in, it would have a preamp. So you wouldn't it would it would have a piece of hardware that you didn't even know you needed mm-hmm. built into it. Uh-huh. But recently almost every single receiver has dropped phono from it. They're starting to put them back in because records have made such a big return. Uh-huh. But with the big push towards home theater, the hi-fi itself is not as popular as it once was. Mm-hmm. You know, like when Matt and I were coming up, it was like, I've got to get a kick-ass receiver. With killer speakers, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of just like I've got to have seven point one, yeah, or Bluetooth. seven blue. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we do Sonos per everything, just because it's like my wife does not want to participate in the difficulty of having. We already have too many remote controls. Mm-hmm. You know, like she. Oh, she would hate my house. Well, I mean, <laughs> she get she would get no joy out of it. She wants to be able to watch what she wants to watch, right? Yeah, and, and I, I mean, am. Uh, you guys uh, in your in your basement 
this is a very small environment for a 7.1 or anything like right. that. There's but no having, way. But having good sound coming out of good speakers, that's what you want. That's all I want. Yeah. So we have a Sonos Play 5 upstairs, which has an audio input on it. So I'm going to buy the turntable, move the Play 5 downstairs, uh-huh. get the preamp, the piece of equipment mm-hmm. that would amplify the sound so you can actually hear it, hook it up through the Sonos, and then we're actually going to see if I use the turntable. Right. Because that's the thing is like, I'm not going to spend 10 grand. You know, like you can right. go crazy. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yet. And I, I went to Catherine and I'm like, and if it just collects dust and I never play a record. Yeah. Then we'll sell it and we'll sell my records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I've had records that I have never opened or played for 20 plus years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I have a copy of Pearl Jam's Verses <laughs> from release <laughs> that I have never opened. Wow. I remember I remember when you bought that. I was like, it'll be worth something someday. It's worth fifty dollars. Uh that's about it. That's something. Uh, you know two hundred if, if to I the were, right collector on the right day. <laughs> if I were you, I would just sell it. I wouldn't listen to it. <laughs> My copy of Vitology is open. Yeah, I uh I think that mine is actually sealed. Sell it. Oh, I'll sell it. The thing is, Um, that makes it difficult. It's just vinyl people are the worst. Yeah. They're just the worst. Yeah, like I I could not... into that. I cannot guarantee you that something did not happen to this record (laughs) and that it is being held together by force of will of this packaging. (laughs) Um, But it's funny. If you get a good record record player, I'm bringing two records over that you have never heard just because it's what I want to do and you will have to go along with me on it. I'll go along with you. I have the Dillinger 4 Pinhead Gunpowder Split 7-inch. and I, I have want, Which I would want to hear. And I have uh, Songs About Girlfriends and Bubblegum, which is the Dillinger, first Dillinger 4 uh, record. See, I would want to see those records spinning away. Yeah, because the record player that I have is not the best, but it was the only way that I could listen to those songs. So it was like, done and done. Actually, thank you for mentioning that, because a handful of episodes ago, you guys went through, was it top 10 albums Yes, that you did? Um, I enjoyed the hell out of that. You guys said a lot of shit that I didn't know of, but literally Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm going to go back. I don't know if you guys put it in the show notes or not or Um, something. Mine are on my Instagram Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So they're they're all there. I I literally I just wrote down I want to go back to your stuff because I was driving in the car when when I heard it and I was like yeah I want to check that shit out. It's cool. I love it. Uh, so I made that decision. <sighs> I'm excited about Game of Thrones. Oh, me too. Man, oh, I oh yeah. Wait, man, I talked about that at length. We have Game of Thrones fever. I did that in the last year. Well, oh yeah. Oh, you, oh, you're caught you, up. Are you eh? caught up? I am. Oh man, I am. And then Ben is my youngest is caught up too, which you know. Parent of Let the year. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, during the break, I was holding my daughter as we had woken her up by being too loud by going mm-hmm. upstairs. And by we, you mean Matt Rose? I no, mean, it was probably all of us. Us. Um, so I was just going to the bathroom. I was trying to be as quiet as I could, man. Well, that church mouse <laughs> done squeaked. <laughs> uh, so. While I was holding my daughter, I, you know, I had that I love her so much moment. Sure. I know that you love your sons. 
is it a different type of love now or is it still like that all consuming like man i love these kids oh my god that's a tough question no 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 it's not tough not at all it's like god this is hokey and not and whatever today uh dan had to go do something so the boys were home and i don't even know what the context was i had one of those well here's an issue i had with my dad I said to them, I said, here's an issue that I had with my dad and that he would never say to me, so I want to make sure that I say it to you guys. Again, I don't, I don't remember what brought it up. They were actually arguing about something between them. One of them said, you know, I'm not an idiot or whatever. And then or one of them came back with something, and the other one acknowledged, like, oh, okay, dad. He wasn't saying shitty, like, okay, dad. But actually, one of them was giving me credit as, like, me, Eric, credit as being a really, a guy who has all the answers kind of thing. You know, like, you know, well, I'm not like that or something like that. But he he was legitimately saying it kind of complimentary to me. Mm-hmm. But so first I put on the brakes and I was like, wait, are, are you complimenting me or not? Or are you tearing me down? So <laughs> we went through that. And then, um, but that I kind of bumped on it when, when he did that. And I was like, um, so here's an issue I had with my dad, which was, I didn't walk away from many conversations with my father where I didn't feel like he, I didn't feel like he didn't think I was an idiot. That was Mm -hmm. a lot of double negative thing. I I always thought my dad thought I was an idiot because of whatever it was, he would come up with some other way to look at it or, or he would come up with, well, this is the right, this is the right way when what you think decides the point. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, uh, the universe would would acknowledge. No, there's three ways to do that, and all three mm-hmm. ways are right. He would know the right way, and and just by by Providence. fucking luck, I always chose the wrong one, and he would always point it out, and I mm-hmm. always walked away feeling like, fuck, he thinks I'm an idiot, kind of thing. So I just like reflected that back to them, and I said, you know, that was an issue I had with my dad, and I know that a lot of times, just as a dad, whether a good dad or not. You you impart, you know, you try to impart wisdom, um, and and if it ever comes off, like like you're um, like I'm 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 thinking you of you as less than, you know, in, in intellect or your decisions or whatever. Sometimes it is, but uh, most of the time, no, it's not. And I don't want I don't want you to to think that I ever think that you're an idiot. Like I thought my dad thought I was an idiot. And uh, they just kind of looked at me with blank stares. They just kind of <laughs> turned back to each other. Like, All right, cool. But no, I like tonight. Like I, I had to put a brakes. I had to put brakes on everything and and just like let them know that I love them to death, and I would never do anything like if if they ever had a problem with me, you know. In in we the could way talk it through you, exactly. Yeah. Um. So that was like totally example like today within the last four hours where like you get to I show your that. kids how you love them. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's really cool. I'm encouraged. Yes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't go away. It does. And and I we didn't sneak this in before. Can I tell my Hamilton story real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it won't be really quick, but maybe it will. So Ben loves Hamilton. Okay. Um, as we all do in the household. <sighs> I shouldn't say this on the internet. Let's say that maybe once in our household we happened across 
a an opportunity to watch a version of the original cast of Hamilton in in the original production. Okay. Yeah. Um and that that it was a public space showing you didn't download it or anything. So. Right. Right. Anyway, you would never do that. Yeah. Anyway, so let's just say that. So I have seen um not not in person, but I have seen the original cast of Hamilton doing Hamilton at Hamilton. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But at the um, Richard Rogers Theater. There you go. Wherever the fuck it is. With in New Can York we State. swear on these? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm about anyway. to play some more jazz. <laughs> <laughs> so um anyways, uh Ben's really into Hamilton. I'm in re- really into Hamilton. Dan everybody's in it. Alex likes it, but he's holding fast to Book of Mormon, but still <laughs> um everybody loves Hamilton. Um Back when it was announced that Hamilton was coming to Detroit, a um, uh, common friend of a lot of us is, uh, works in uh, for the organization Broadway in Detroit, who uh, within our kind of community, occasionally for some shows when they come, you know, touring shows, shows when they come around, if there's not a, you know, if they're not sold out, whatever, sometimes there's opportunities to to be able to get into some shows and stuff and. And I remember at that time, that individual kind of went out to the community and just kind of nipped it in the bud and said to everybody, I'm not going to be able to get anybody. To, of course, he's not going to be able to get anybody tickets to Hamilton. But he did offer the advice to everybody. like, If, if you, you want to guarantee your Hamilton ticket early. Get, get a subscription. Get a season ticket. Yes. To Broadway in Detroit. That's the best way to do it. So we did that. And so we've been seeing, um, we saw... Uh, um, some uh, the play that went wrong, um, which I heard was wonderful. It was fantastic. Uh, there was a Shakespeare one. Um, uh, Much ado, or eh, what the hell is it called? I forget. I'm blanking out. Anyway, saw a handful. Aladdin. You know all these Book these of Mormon. Well, that was the thing that wasn't in our subscription, but we ended up paying for it anyway. We saw it, Book of Mormon again. That was great. Um, anyway, uh. Ben has, since he was four years old, it was like, this kid needs to be in theater. And so I was totally like, Ben, you got to you gotta get on stage. I'm like, no, I'm not going to get it. And he gets into high school, and the first um, production of high school, it was opposite of what I had in high school, which was the play in the fall, and then the spring The spring was the musical. Yep. Um, it's reversed at Royal Oak. He so he's a freshman. He ended up on crew for Greece. He didn't audition. He was just like, no, I can't sing. I'm not going to dance, uh, but I'll do crew. And but he kind of got into the orbit, and he got to see how it all worked. And then sure as shit, he ended up uh, auditioning for the um, the the spring play, which was Romeo and Juliet. Hmm. And apparently, to buy the rights to Greece. For the budget, you end up going, you know, public domain, and you get Romeo and Juliet uh, for your your spring uh, drama. So anyway, um, so he auditions, and it turns out he ends up he two freshmen got speaking roles in Romeo and Juliet. One was uh, a kid who did a great job, um, who got Romeo. Oh wow! Uh, and then the other one was. Ben, who got uh, Montague, so Romeo's dad. Oh wow! Um, so that was a couple months ago, and but we already had the tickets for Hamilton. Actually, we had tickets for Hamilton opening night, but along the way they ended up switching it to a 
opening night was going to be like a, a charity preview kind of thing. Mm. Um, so they moved our tickets to um, this last Tuesday. Uh, well, anyways, Ben gets the the role in Romeo and Juliet, and he goes to the director. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like the week that the week of tech rehearsals and dress rehearsals leading up to opening night of Romeo and Juliet is the week we have Hamilton tickets that Tuesday. And the director is like, go see Hamilton. You'll find, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. He's like, yeah. Then after a week or so of, of Ben chewing on it, he's like, they're going to be doing cast photos at night. And I kind of want to be there for the rehearsal and stuff. And, and back then when he was kind of had to kind of make the decision about it, he wasn't off book yet. And he was like, he was anticipating, I need rehearsals. And, she, you know, he's my son. So he ends up, uh, he decides, I'm not going to go see Hamilton. And then oh, a couple wow. of days later, we decide, okay, we're going to get him a single ticket for the week after. And he will he will see Hamilton, but whatever. So he gifts his ticket with us to his friend um, whose parents had seen Hamilton in Chicago, and but he didn't see Hamilton. So this is Thomas. So Thomas goes with Deanne and Alex and I to go see Hamilton last Tuesday night. And um, Ben goes off, make arrangements for him to get a ride to rehearsal and back. We watch Hamilton. I'm watching it. I'm, I'm, I have tears running down my face the entire first act. And it's not sad in the first act. I just have no. tears because um, and I've seen it before, but I'm watching it and, and I'm thinking... I've been on record about like Breaking Bad being the greatest end-to-end narrative thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then when Hamilton kind of came up, I'm like, eh, you know, they're they're in the same level for me, but just like of a thing, uh, of, of a creative expression of art that is also a narrative and is in theater. For me, okay, we'll say theater-wise, greatest thing ever. Like so innovative, so... Um, transformative of the genre, you know, yeah. all that, of the form. Um, so here I'm sitting there watching the first act and thinking that, and as well thinking, this fucking cast is crushing it. And I'll say it, like, I I totally appreciate Lin-Manuel Miranda for writing Hamilton, and, and I appreciate his talent, as a theater nerd and a hip hop nerd of performing Hamilton, but you know, it's, it's still him. And I just like his voice doesn't really resonate. Do it for me. Like I get it. Um, he's, he's great, but like, he's not the best in, in my eyes. And the guy who's doing Hamilton in this cast, I'm like, he is crushing the shit out of it. Like I'm appreciating his performance more than Lynn Manuel Miranda's. Yet, literally, I'm conscious of there of like, but man, Lynn like wrote an amazing thing. Like this is bordering. You know, I have Shakespeare on the brain because of what's going on with Ben. But mm-hmm. I'm like, this is like, is so fucking great. Anyway, and I'm thinking about listening to Hamilton when it came out and the political climate yeah, and kind of culturally how we, I felt like we could embrace it more then than, than now. And I kind of, I, I got melancholy for the time that it came out versus the time that we're sitting in now. And so that, anyway, so that whole thing's going on. Get to the second act. It is sad. More tears, more tears, whatever. 
get to the end, I was like, this was amazing. I was so glad. I was nervous going into it that I wouldn't like it as much because, because I Because you'd seen, heard the I, original I, cast. Yeah. None of that, whatever. This is amazing. This cast is amazing. Standing ovation, of course. The guy who's who's um, playing Washington tells everybody to sit down, and he starts to explain the Broadway Cares in, uh, yep. program, which I've seen in the, in past years in March. Um, you know, hey, we're going to have uh, cast members in the in the or I'm sorry, in the lobby on your way out. For people Throw don't know, what is that? So Broadway Cares is uh, it's like a charity for uh, raising money for uh, AIDS research and a pile of other uh, charities, but okay. primarily I think AIDS research. And um, so he's going through that whole thing, and he's saying like, yeah, ten bucks you get a pen, uh, this much you get this. Uh, I want to say for like a hundred bucks or maybe it was two, whatever it was, um, you get uh, this poster signed by the cast. I think we even have some um, uh, signed by Lin Manuel Miranda, and he and in uh, Jefferson kind of uh, gesture off to one side of the stage and like as if he's here, and then we all kind of laugh, and he's not here, and he's like, ah, just kidding, yeah, whatever. Then like three seconds later, Lin Manuel Miranda walks in stage right walks in from stage right onto Holy the crap. stage and he's holding his phone you know because he's live streaming the the damn thing on periscope <laughs> and um and he comes out and he just he was only on stage for like two minutes or so but i got a chance to in the moment express my appreciation for this thing that he just did to him which kind of blew my mind um it was fantastic so great show loved it solomon miranda my wife is She's like, holy shit, what, you know? And then the whole thing kind of dies, dies down, and I'm like, oh, God. Ben. Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get to the parking structure to, to get out, and I'm like, we got to call Ben now because I, I want him to hear it from us rather than right, right, seeing right, it on right, social right. media or something. So uh, we called him up. And we're like, hey, Ben, hey, how was the show? Oh, it was great. It was, oh, my God, Ben, it was amazing. But we have to tell you. Um, and we tell him what happened. He's like, okay, okay. Uh, I got to take a shower. Uh, I got to go. <laughs> okay, cool. So I got to go kick something really hard. <laughs> right. So we drop off Thomas. He And Thomas is like, oh my God. Because Thomas in the last six months has been getting into it as much as Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so he's like, thank you so much, so much. Tell Ben, thank you so much. You know, he's super appreciative. We get home. Ben is sitting on the couch. He's like, how was it? And we're telling him and we're kind of dancing around the Lin-Manuel thing. And, but you know, whatever. And he's, he is presenting like a champ, you know, it's just super supportive. It's like, don't hold back. Let, you know, how was it? And don't worry about me. All right, cool. So we kind of let him know how it goes and the show's amazing. You're going to love it next week and all that. Cool, cool, cool. Alex goes to bed. We go to get ready for bed. Ben comes into our room and he's like, he kind of broke down a little bit. And he's like, the rehearsal tonight, they only did the second act where the way they edited it down, he's got one line <laughs> in oh, the whole no. thing. Um, apparently, they were, some like principals were really struggling with at that point. This is Tuesday. They open, they have their student preview on Thursday. Their opening night is Friday. And some principals are still struggling with. Oh, the, I mean, wow. it's fucking Shakespeare. You know, I'm. I just got off of getting ready for my showdown of just five minutes of the yeah. intro. Yeah. I get it. Um, really, I, I can't get it because it's fucking 
all of Romeo and Juliet that mm-hmm. they got to pull off. So he's freaking out. Um, and so he's really bummed. And I ended up telling him, I said, you know, who knows? Keep doing this. Keep doing, keep acting like a professional. Because you weren't there because you were being a professional. Mm-hmm. Keep doing that. Um, and Good you don't know. Happen. In 10 years, you could be on James Corden sitting next to Lin-Manuel Miranda because you're in a fucking show with him. And you can tell this anecdote because, of you know, whatever. So the next day, I ended up tweeting at Lin-Manuel Miranda to just kind of say, hey, it was amazing you being there. Um, my kid couldn't be there, and he switched it out. And, you know, just give us a heads up next time. That'd be cool. And, like, the way I kind of crafted it, I was, like, kind of hoping for Because he does interact with people, kind of mm-hmm. like Gary Goldman. Mm-hmm. Um, on Twitter, I thought maybe if he, if he caught it, he might say something back, and it would be good. He didn't, but still. Is it, good? it was amazing. Sorry. So that was quick. You did fine. But that's what happened. And uh, it w- it was phenomenal. And then, oh, and then uh, Romeo and Juliet, I had tickets for opening night. My wife, um, uh, two of her cousins were going to be coming on the second night as well. She, Deanne said to me, you know, hey, do you want to come the second night? I'm like, ah, you know, I could probably just... Do with just opening night and whatever. She ended up getting me a ticket anyway, and that's cool. And and I told Ben this, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know that I was gonna going into it. I didn't know if second night was gonna happen for me. Really, yeah. Saw it the first night, and holy shit, it was super entertaining. And they crushed it. I mean, they got they they were clearly off book. And um, although in the 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 first night, somebody had a hot mic. Backstage during one of the scenes. Oh, no. Oh, classic hot mic. <laughs> it was great. You know, some someone said something. Oh man, that's disgusting. Like <laughs> in the middle of a scene, and then it was after Tybalt dies. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> and no. uh, the uh, lady um, Capulet. The scene's over. They're 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 exiting stage uh, right, and uh, the lights are dimming, but. As they're exiting, she goes, she says something, she ad-libs something about, you know, Tybalt's death hath me so distraught I'm hearing voices and fucking murdered. It was it was fantastic. She crushed it. Everybody just laughed at it. And it was like, it was straight up pitch perfect improv. What an ad-lib. Oh my God. <laughs> I It was fantastic. So saw it the second night. Entertaining as hell. I missed the closing matinee on Sunday, but uh, they crushed three it. shows, four shows, three. Well, yeah, they had the student preview. Wow, um, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. It was a lot of fun. I was, I honestly, I didn't think I was gonna like it <laughs> after fucking Hamilton. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's not a one to one, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, Maddie. Uh, still, still in the Doom Patrol, man. That, you that, love that, this. That shows bananas. Sci-fi? Like, uh, no, no, it's on DC streaming service. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's bananas. Like the the, the past episode, like th- they have such a weird balance between just off the walls weird, and then like it's 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 really hard to explain the show. But uh, it you can you can watch the trailer and, and you'll see, it's it's crazy but 
in my opinion, it's just a mountain ride of crazy. And like seriously, the episode <laughs> where Robot Man walks in and there's a bunch of literal Nazis and then Nazi punks fuck off plays and he <laughs> kills them all was insane. <laughs> How uh, many seasons? Uh, oh, it's just it's it's not even done with the first season. Really? Yep. How, it's not like on Hulu or something too, nope. is it? Nope. No, it's it's just DC's streaming God service. This it. is one of the. Uh, one of the things that is yeah exclusive to the to the thing and also it's called montage of heck that's the kurt cobain hbo yes i'm gonna have to watch doom patrol we are gonna have to help uh, me uh make that happen we'll we'll see what i can do about that matt maybe (laughs) i'll come over and get you a gas mask get me a gas mask Uh, you can get in contact with our show at Matters Pod on Facebook and Twitter. I am at Matt Noss. I am um, at Crotty Dracula. I am at Eric Hanky, spelled exactly how it sounds. Not, not um, Eric, thank you so much for coming thank back. You, thank you, Eric. We miss you, Eric. We miss you, miss you so miss much. You guys too. Well, we're glad that you're doing well, and we can't wait to, to have your project come out. It's coming, okay. I swear. Well, and and you, maybe next time I get to hear about your actual workspace. <laughs> you <laughs> talked about it for so long. Uh, you know, another year we'll find out about your workspace that you're <laughs> tired of. Uh, until then, we'll catch you on the next episode of Matters. The Stream. I wasn't sure if we were doing it. Of course we are. <laughs> <laughs>